What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Healthy and alive. Doing well. It's fantastic. Has COVID round two hit your uh, hit your hometown yet? I mean, it's not really subsided necessarily. We've been hearing scattered reports of different locations uh, having infections, you know, staff being infected or whatever. So it's not you mean really headaches. been a... You mean headaches? Uh, well, actual positive tests, not just the... Oh, okay. The, All right. Yeah. So... Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. I guess that's something different. So we're not talking about just a uh, just a simple headache or a subjective fever and then 17 people mysteriously have COVID, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. We haven't seen any of that here yet that I'm aware of anyway. So... All right. Well, we're not going to talk about COVID this morning. What we are going to talk about is older cars. We like to talk about cars and things like that. Cars, boats. Yesterday, we talked about one of the new boats that Lamborghini's got coming up. And we talked about some yachts and things before that. And some of these Tesla cars, like guys like Elon Musk are coming up with, with his respective company. Things like the Cybertruck, right? I, I still I still would love to actually drive one of those things. I'd love to sit in one mm-hmm. just to kind of mm-hmm. get the feel of it, you know, that kind of thing. But I agree. Driving older cars, right? I'm not a fan of this this new car stuff. Don't get me wrong. I like a new car, but I'm not a fan of all this stuff, you know, all this tech and stuff like that. I said something yesterday about this stuff that that's in this car now, this driving assist where it I'm not talking about the backing up stuff. I'm talking about the driver assist where it keeps you in the lane. It's like you're putting mm-hmm. the training wheels back on the bike, man. I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm well enough off, although it is a safety feature, and I can understand that because every other person seems like this on their smartphone when they're driving, right? So you kind of need that, right? You, you kind of need that in a sense. So I get it in, in today's world. However, this is a step in driverless cars. I'm against that. I, I'm against that for obvious reasons. Older cars. As I said before, a long time ago, and I've been saying this for for years anyway, old tech is going to be the way of the future. And by that, I mean, people are not going to want to be chaperoned, let's say. They're they're not going to want to be overshadowed and, and tracked and spied upon and all that stuff when they're using something. So therefore, this is where I think old tech's going to make a resurgence. You're going to start seeing the older things, the older appliances, the older cars, the older, um, you know, uh, things that the things that just don't have all this tech crap in them. It says cars have never been more tolerant of the boneheaded driving mistakes like speeding into a turn that decades ago were likely to cause a crash. But there are drivers that still prefer those challenges or potential perils of the machines of the past, feeling they provide a more pure driving experience. See, this is what I want. This is what I want. I want to drive the car. This is why I'm a big advocate for like these American muscle cars. I, I don't care about all this th- this modern day stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Germans can build a fantastic car. They can build an amazing car. There's no doubt about that. I mean, an Audi S8 or an S5. Are, are you kidding me? Or an A8? That thing is is unbelievable. I sat in an A8 and an S8 last year, and I swear to you, it, it was one of the most exhilarating experiences I've ever had. 
One of the most, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. Everything that those cars had to offer was incredible. That can't be understated. However, nothing takes the place of good old fashioned American muscle, in my opinion. Nothing takes the place of that. So there is that connection about about driving something. And I'm not talking about one of these electric car things, right? None of that stuff. I want diesel. I want gasoline, petrol, whatever you call it. I, that's what I want. I want to hear the rumbling in that chassis that, that hits you right to your core as you're putting your foot down and you're getting sucked back in that seat. Yeah, I want the little bit of play in the steering wheel. I want to be able to hear the uh, to, to hear the gear changes. I'm hitting the clutch and, and pulling down into second or third. Right. That's what I want. That's what I want to feel. That's the experience I want. I don't need this. All this technology stuff, though, it is safer, though, it is nicer, but it just takes the feel out of it. You know what I mean? Do, do, you, do you get what I'm saying, Bruce, or is it just me here? I, I, I totally understand. But I personally, I, I don't. I'm for the advancements that we're seeing. You know, you can still have these muscle cars and, you know, and still have the advancements. Uh, for an example, crunch zones, right? If you take an old car from back in the day, they don't have cr- uh, the, the the crush zones or crunch zones that the current cars have. What that is, when you get an accident, those zones will compress or, you know, that's why cars today, typically you can hit something and it totals a car, right? That's why is because the crunch zone is actually absorbing the impact and keeping it from from uh, transferring to the occupants of the vehicle. So, I mean, the cars of back in the day, you know, steel frame, you would impact something. All of that force is transferred through the frame of the car to the passenger. So, you know, it was more likely for the passenger to get injured uh, from something like that. So using that as an example, I'm I'm all for, you know, making those kind of advancements but at the same time, I enjoy the the muscle car feel, you know, the, the feeling of the power there and everything. But, you know, again, we also have things like, for example, um, a carburetor versus fuel injection, right? You can get mm-hmm, a more mm-hmm. precise fuel injection, get a, a, a more precise. You can you can squeeze all the power that the engine can provide out of it using fuel injection versus uh, and have a, a more uh, um, economic vehicle versus a carburetor, right? So there are advancements that I'm all for, but at the same time, using these nanny devices uh, and whatnot, having those in the car and other distractions such as like uh, touch screens or any of that kind of stuff in the in the vehicle, uh, not even, you know, even, even your phone could be a distraction as you were mentioning. So, uh, you know... I'm not necessarily for those. And if you're going to if you're going to put the security stuff in there or the safety stuff like it beeps at you when you get so close to an object or something, at least give us the option to mute it or something. I mean, the extra frills like having uh, reverse cameras and those kind of things actually do make the vehicle more safe and it is more convenient being able that to feature have, I actually uh, like. I like that feature. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm for, you know, some of these changes and stuff and, and the extra features, but some of them just give us the option to shut them off, you know, or, or, or mute them when we don't want them, you know? Yeah. You know, you mentioned there, I, I just, I have to agree. I don't, I don't want a nanny state on wheels. You know what I mean? I, like I want, right. I want that car to be something that I can respect, that I treat with respect. So I know it doesn't kill me. You know, that, that's what I mm-hmm. want. Because those old cars, as you said, there's a safety feature there. I mean, well, safety feature. There's a safety feature in the new stuff, whereas the older cars, you don't get that, right? They're, they're designed to have that that higher safety rating because of, you know, because of all the standards that we have now. But 
again, that takes away from the fun of it, like the experience of driving. I've always said, give me a 69 GTO over this whatever, right? Just just give me one of those, right? That's what I want. Like I said, I want the little bit of play in the steering wheel. I want the back end to kick out when I go around a corner and I put my foot down and I counter steer in the other direction to save it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want. Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally understand that. But like I said, you know, at the same time, making advancements to make a car safer while still allowing you know, those freedoms and stuff. I'm all on board for that personally. The experiments with uh, having self-driving cars and stuff, this is a problem, right? I'll use energy production as, as the example. Uh, typically you start with like wood, then you move on to coal, uh, then your, your petroleum based stuff, you know, gas, diesel, that sort of thing, and then natural gas. And from there, it's typically, you know, well, the only logical conclusion after that is nuclear. It's not this renewable stuff that they keep pushing on us because it takes up so much land space to, to run enough solar power and wind power to produce enough electricity that it is absolutely not viable uh, unless you're doing it on an individual scale for like an individual house and have each house have its own individual power grid set up with supplementary, supplementary um, nuclear power. Um, but anyway, if you look at it for in a car sense, it's kind of the similar idea, right? You're going to see these advancements and we are going to see advancements and changes and progression. And they will probably, I mean, petroleum-based vehicles are, are really on the outs. I mean, as much as we don't like it, it'll take a while, but the coming generations are so inundated in driving. with this... Well, not not even just uninterested with driving, but they're so uh, the the idea of climate change is being pushed on them so much that well now the only the only logical conclusion is we have to go electric or something to counter this right to to counter the which the you know we know it's full it's there is climate change but it's not man made it's not like you we know, can you, engineer our way out of it you bring an interesting point I, and i, I want to bring reference to something here jay leno you remember him the, the tonight show guy before mm-hmm. this fallen yep. idiot right you, do you remember him okay mm-hmm. he's a big car guy right he, he's always made he, he's always made a big show of his car collection right he, he's always he's always had that out there and it's quite impressive i have to say but see he made reference one time to something about these hydrogen cars and also which is mm-hmm. i th- i think that's the future to be fair i think that is that's mm-hmm. the clean way that's real innovation right there that we can work on over time because it can be adapted to our current rate of growth and progression more so than electric can so the only reason electric cars you're seeing a surge in there is because that's where the the contracts get steered so right the uh, and i'm not saying it can't get better over time it's just it's still too early for the level of technology we have in that regard but leno made an interesting point when it came to hydrogen cars and it came to the future of cars in general he said that's a lot of what we're going to see in the future is with, that is with the uh, the internal combustion engine. It'll be just like the horse was before that. The horse was made irrelevant by the internal combustion engine, wasn't it? It was made irrelevant. Yep. So now you have horseback riding is what? It's recreational. It's yep. competition, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a recreational thing. And he was making the same reference to internal combustion engine cars. They will become a thing of recreation. You'll drive to that cruise in car show on on the Saturday or the Sunday or whatever it is. And then that'll be it. Uh, and then you'll take it back and take it back home and you'll put it in the barn or you'll put it in the, in the garage for, you know, until you need it again. Right. It'll be that thing. Or you'll take it out that evening to cruise around town and then you'll take it home. But you might be the only one or you might be out with a with a couple other people just for the fun of it. 
and that'll be it. And any other time you go to do whatever it is you need to do and you need to drive around and you need to go and uh, take it to, you know, take yourself to, to your office or, to, you know, to shop or whatever it is, you go out in one of the newer cars. You, you see what I'm saying here? Right, right. Totally agree. That's that's kind of the direction we're going. And honestly, I'm torn when it comes to this because that's how I personally, that's how I see muscle cars is it's a, it's more of a, a luxury, you know, something you, you take out for fun than it is something practical, right? You, you want something more economic or something, or for, for example, personally, I would use a Tesla if I'm going to travel around town or something, right? I would totally buy a Tesla or, or some form of, of hybrid uh, to drive around town. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. for the long trips, you know, I may not use a Tesla. I may use maybe, you know, a Volkswagen diesel or something, you know, as an example, right? Or, or something that has better fuel economy for long distance travels, or even if it's a hybrid, you know, use the hybrid for, for long distance travels. And then the muscle car, that's exactly what it would be. It's just for, you know, a night on the town or something, or, you know, uh, just fooling around, having fun, you know, or just Sunday drive or something, you know, I, I can totally see it going that direction, especially with, like I was saying, the coming generation, that's kind of the way it's going to be seen. And if they keep, if they push the narrative, right, which, you know, they're going to do this, they're going to push safety, right? And if they continue pushing the safety narrative and the climate change narrative, it's going to be driverless cars that are electric. Now, I'm not saying that's what I want. What I'm saying is that's just the narrative that's going to be used. And that's where we're headed. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, like it or not, that's where we're going. Speaking of uh, speaking of things that are going to be pushed, here's an op-ed piece out of The uh, Spectator. It says that what we need is social media distancing. This person believes that social media brings out in the worst of us because the algorithm rewards us for being tribal, divisive, and emotional. So what, what do we think about that? I mean, I've made that argument for a decade, right? I've made that argument for a decade. I don't like social media. I don't care for it at all. We are on it for this podcast, but that's it. That's the extent of it for me. I don't care about it any other way. I post a couple of things here and there about articles that we're going to bring up. And that's as far as I go with it. I'm happy to, to, again, you know, I'm happy to interact with listeners and things like that. I love hearing from listeners. If you do want to, you can give us a follow over on Parlor. Uh, you can follow me. I'm at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. We like hearing your feedback. We'll get you over there at some point, Bruce. But again, this is something I've argued for a long time about social media. It's very bad as far as messing with people. You know what I mean? You, you can actually, you can drive somebody to a point where they have anxiety, they have uh, stress, uh, things can become emotional, they can get upset. It is divisive because of even the political side of it. Not not just that. I mean, there's other things to it, too. Cyberbullying and all that stuff. Tribal, again, especially the political side of it, all these debates now in, in the political realm, it gets taken online. So essentially, we've created these uh, these public squares out of these social media companies. That's what it is. And the world is now your public square. So do we keep these things? This is the thing. We need social media distancing, of course. I know people that leave social media all the time. I can't think of very many people that are still on it. But like I said, I'm on one platform and that's only because of what we do here. That's it. I have no other purpose to be on that platform. No photos, no nothing. I've never actually been in social media to that extent. I've never posted who I'm related to. I've never posted uh, any type of affiliations that I have. I've never posted any type of business. There are no photos of me out there as far as I know. There was one. There was one. Uh, and it's because I put it there. But that was it. 
that was it. And, that, and even so, that that photo is like, I think, almost 20 years old now. So if someone can find that, you know, good luck to you. But the thing is, is for me, and I've told this to, to several people, they look at me strange when I you know, they say, oh, are you on social media? And I say, no, they just look at you and it's, uh, they look at me and I'm, I'm like, if you don't see me, then you don't see me. That's all there is to it. That, that's that's how it is with me. So I could see a decade ago what was coming with these social media companies and what they were going to be like. I knew that we were going to be at this point now where we're going to have this tribalism, this divisiveness and this emotional response between people. So what do you think, Bruce? Do we need the social media distancing? Do we need to shut it off? Do, do we need to just say enough's enough and then cut it off? Yes and no. So, OK, so current iteration of social media. Yes, I think it is very damaging to the psyche of uh, of the uh, of people. At the same time, uh, I don't think it's necessarily bad, like social media as a whole. So, if there was some kind of, and I, I hate saying this because I'm so against a, a social credit system. At the same time, if there was some form of regulatory system, such as, for example, your identity is tied to you online, right? I like my anonymity when it comes to online things. However, on social media, if it was tied to you, an individual person, you're going to regulate how you speak. You're going to self-govern better because people can find you, right, in the real world. So you would treat it as a real world uh, instance and a... Uh, so... If there was other systems in place, I think it would people would self-govern better. However, it's, I don't want those kind of systems at the same time, because if you start putting your personal self out there, now any loon that has a crazy idea that, for example, Antifa or BLM wants to push their narrative, if you come against them, well, now they know who to target. And they know your physical location or at least have a means of, of identifying you and narrowing down where you are. And you can get fired from your job. You can get fired from your job, which is absolutely ludicrous. If you're doing it, there needs to be some kind of God, I hate the government regulation at the same time. But there needs to be something done about that. You, you should not be able to fire someone for doing something outside of work, right outside of the workplace. If you did something that was not illegal and they fired you for it on your own private personal time, they shouldn't be able to do that. But at the same time, they should be able to do that because it's a private business. So I, I'm torn on that one. It's a, uh, I guess, I guess people need to stand up and say, uh, you know, you can't do this and, and, you know, hit them in the pocketbook. I, I, I don't know. Sue them. That's if just they it. Do that to you or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's just it right there. You just said it. I've, I've been saying that since, since we started this podcast, I've been saying it. People are going to have to make a choice. They're going to have to decide for themselves to walk away. Let the free market sort it out, right? Isn't that what we always say? Let the free market sort it out. If people decide yeah. to walk away, the company will fall. It's that simple. The company will fall no matter who it is. If you say the same thing with all this stuff, by the way, and all these uh, all this stuff with this um, this pandemic nonsense that ends when we stand up and tell these idiots. No, that's when it stops. Everything ends when you tell the state and the corporations, no, everything ends. But we have to be able to be willing to do that. So the world's mm -hmm. pile of electronic waste grows ever higher. You know, I blame this on these upgrades every year, right? The world's largest mm. mount, excuse me, the world's mountain of discarded flat screen TVs, cell phones and other electronic goods grew to a record high last year, according to an annual report re released Thursday. Uh, the amount of e-waste that piled up globally in 2019 was at 53.6 million metric tons. 
That's uh, 50, 59.1 million tons in, uh, in the U.S. Uh, almost 2 million metric tons or more excuse me, almost 2 million metric tons more than the previous year. I blame all this this nonsense of upgrading all the time. Why do we need to upgrade every 18 months, every 12 months, every two years, every six months? Why, why does this need to be a thing? Why? why? Why do I need a new phone every 24 months? The last phone I had, I had for almost a decade. This one that I've got now, which will probably be my last phone, by the way, I've had for two years now, and I have no desire whatsoever to get another one. I don't need one. I don't use all of that stuff, all of that that useless garbage like social media. It's not filled full of that stuff. So why are we constantly forced to upgrade? We always hear about environmental this, environmental that, blah, blah, blah. This right here, this is a real environmental issue. You never hear anything about this, at least not from the mainline you know, environmentalist types. You never hear about the electronic solid waste that's causing a, a health and environmental hazard. We never hear about that. Why is it that? Well, first of all, let's start with let's start with your take on on why do we need to upgrade? I, I think it's useless. I think it's completely pointless. Why do we need to upgrade every six to twenty four months? Why? Okay, so there's there's a couple of reasons. One, and this one is probably the least malicious. This is just the way it is. Technology advances every eighteen months to two years, right? It it pretty much doubles upon itself within that time frame, roughly. Okay. So if you want to stay up with the current trends, then yes, you would have to get a new device every two years, right? At the same time, companies like uh, Apple, for example, I think Samsung was doing this to a degree, but the or not Samsung, um, Google. Google was doing this as well to where they were the operating system, they were causing the processor for, for example, your smartphones and tablets. It was slowing the processor down because their claim was over time, the battery becomes more unstable. It gives less charge, right? Or, or so they were throttling back the CPU on your, your device. I'm, I'm sorry. No, you don't go doing that. You know, the phone will still function. Yes, you'll see a performance degradation as time goes on. But replace the battery. You know, it's not that hard. And the other issue I have with all this, and it, 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 kind of bringing this up, why are we not finding better ways to recycle the material that we've already produced, right? I mean, why why aren't we taking the metals out of the, the chips and the reusing the silicone or, or whatever? Like, why have we not figured out a way to, to reprocess this material and reuse it? Uh, so it, it is, there needs to be more research put into that aspect if we're going to continue down this road of consumerism. I agree. I agree. I think it's I think it's horribly unnecessary. But again, they've made this this issue where you can't take batteries out of phones now. Why? Why is that? I used to be able to go out and buy a uh, a new battery for a phone. Why can't I do that anymore? What why is that a thing? What why do I have to go out and buy a whole new phone? Why do I have to go spend 4 to 600 to buy a new phone? That's on the brand. Quite, well, yeah, but I mean if I'm going to if I'm going to buy something, I, I'm not going to go like if I'm going to buy something that I'm going to have for a number of years like that, I'm not going to go cheap with it. Mm-hmm. Usually I don't. Right. I, I want something right. that's I mean, I, I don't even buy Samsung anymore because it's just like mm-hmm. Samsung and Apple. My God, man, look at how much money yeah. they're gouging you on. Like, There's mm-hmm. $50 worth of guts that go into an iPhone. That's it. And there's uh, you add shipping and all that stuff. You're looking production costs and all that stuff. You're looking maybe maybe 150 to 200 total that goes into an iPhone. 150 to 200 total. And that's from from uh, Genesis to your hands. Okay, 150 to 200 dollars worth of labor, 
parts, all that stuff. And what do they do? They turn around and they sell it to you for a thousand because they know you'll pay for it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Samsung. Same exact thing. They'll sell you a phone for a thousand. But in reality, they spent about 150 to 200 to actually make it. The markup, the, the profit margin in those types of products, it's unbelievable. Now, their televisions are a little bit more understandable. You can get yourself a flat screen LCD, the 55 inch for what, like 400 bucks now. So uh, some of that stuff is a little bit more uh, manageable. But again, why do I need that? Like, wh- why do I need all that, um, you know, 4K and, and, and all that stuff? Why, why do I need that? Why? There, there's no there's no logical reason behind any of that stuff. I don't need to upgrade every now and again. Or, or, or excuse me. I don't need to upgrade every 12 months, every 24 months. I think it becomes an irrelevant point. And again, this part right here, this is what bothers me because we are here. We're real conservationists, right? We really believe in the fact that we have environmental problems, not this man-made stuff, right? Everyone has their own opinions on that, but I personally don't endorse that. The the fact that CO2 is causing climate change is nonsense. Okay. You don't have CO2, you die. It's that simple. All life ends if we don't have CO2. Think about that. So our stance, at least I think we're all agreed on this. We're toxifying our planet. We're toxifying. Mm-hmm. We're, we're destroying ecosystems because of stuff like this. You never hear the environmentalists talking about this anymore. We were taught growing up, at least I was, I'm sure you were too. We, we were taught growing up how to conserve, how to be conservationists, how to take care of the environment, how to respect the environment, how to recycle. And we're not talking about this anymore. Now we're talking about, oh, if you drive a car, you're, bi- you're bad. You're killing polar bears, right? That's what we're hearing. So this kind of stuff right here, this is the bigger issue with me, is by us living in this consumer cycle and this upgrade cycle that we're going through that, you know, major corporations, they're on board with, of course, because they're making turnover on it. They don't care. So at at what cost? At what cost? Where's all the where's all the um, the vegan shoe wearers? Where are you guys? Where, Where are you jumping on board with us with this finding common ground on an issue that affects all of us? Where's that? You know, I, I want I want that to reach across political lines. That's what I want. But instead, they keep it divided, right? So I mean, it's just yeah. We need to take a harder look at stuff like this and really, uh, really make some changes in this area. So uh, we're gonna have to jump out of here this morning. Thank you for your time this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners for all these topics and more. Please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a great morning.